0: you and praise you tonight. Glory to God. For truly, O God, you are good and your mercy endures forever. You are so good, O Lord, and your mercy endures forever. Now, Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you that night as we study the scriptures in a few moments together. Lord, I just thank you that you will provide answers. You will give us understanding. Let our minds be made quick, O oh God. And, uh, Father, that we will just grasp the Word and see th- new things, O oh Lord, as well as encourage us in things that we maybe have heard in the past. But, oh God, you renew them and make them alive inside us. We give you praise for that. And, Lord, before I close this prayer, I just want to thank you so much for uh, those that are involved in our VBS, O oh God. They're working so hard and putting uh, a lot of energy in. And, Father, I pray that you will refresh them in Jesus' name. Amy and all the team and uh, Mel and all, all of those the workers and the teachers and God, there's just a whole uh, a big team of volunteers that are ministering in, uh, to all these children, Oh Lord. And I just praise you for the balance of this week, that you'll just uh, refresh them. You're not a taker, you are a giver. So give them, O oh Lord, um, your blessing. In the name of Jesus, we pray, and we said, "Amen." Praise the Lord! All right, why well, don't you greet three or four people before you sit down, and then uh, we'll get—we're going to get started here. Praise the Lord! Hallelujah! <laughs> Praise the Lord! I want to remind you that uh, for those who are, uh, maybe you uh, just don't know, there is a a small group uh, meeting, uh, growing or diving deeper, I think, uh, led by Pastor Scott back in one of the classrooms just outside the door there. They're going over different things. And if that's something that you're involved in, of course, we have two things for adults that are going on tonight. In here, we're going to be studying the words. Sister Cheryl is going to be sharing with us. Also, remember that this coming Sunday is Father's Day, right? Yeah. So bring your dad uh, or somebody's dad. Amen. Bring somebody. Uh, We're going to have some real giveaways. uh, Some, you know, we do that on Father's Day and we'll honor our dads as well as have some, you know, the drawings and all. And so it'll be good. Amen. Praise God. Okay, are you ready to study the Word? Yes. Hallelujah. What we'll do is after, um, after the Bible study, then we'll give you an opportunity to uh, minister to the Lord with your tithes and offerings you're giving. Because, you know, most of us come prepared on Wednesday to, to do that, okay? All right, Cheryl, praise the Lord. Come on. Amen. Give her a big welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. You got everything you need?
1: Thank you, sir. Well, this is week three, and week one and week two, we're going back and we're gonna rehearse a little bit of what we've learned that should be stable within us from this point. Then we will add to it this week. First of all, week one, I made a statement, and it's amazing how many people have come up to me and have said, I didn't realize that. I said, stress is not reality. It is not real. It is our emotional response to what's happening to us. Give me just a minute. I just felt the hesitation. Father, in Jesus' name, the heaviness that I've just felt in Jesus' name, I take authority over that and I command it to leave. I become a prayer partner with every person that's in here. They will hear the word of God. Their ears are open. They will respond to God. They will get answers in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for that. Thank you for that. Okay. Stress is not reality. Mankind has come up with answers for stress. They know that if they break the thought pattern, what you're thinking about for 10 to 15 minutes... The stress will leave your body, and you won't have the response in your body. That's a good thing. They came up with things like meditate. You can't meditate on the problem. You have to meditate on something else, and I advise meditating on the Word of God. That's a good place to go. Uh, Music, laughter, exercise, hobbies, and some people go to alcohol and drugs. It's not a very uncommon thing at all to see people that go to that pathway. You have to break the thought pattern. We had a scripture that we learned. Say it with me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. You'll remember that first week of the word trust we gave it a meaning of leaning on the Lord and we leaned against the wall and we learned to not bear the weight of our own provision. When we try to provide for us when God has already provided for us, we do a lousy job and we feel the stress of it. On week two, we kicked up a notch, the stress. And when it gets worse than what we talked about in week one, they call it panic. And how do you get to peace? Last week we learned a verse that says, thou will keep him in, let me hear it, thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusts in thee. That verse has meant more to me over the last, well, I'll tell you, it was when my mom was down here and her health had degraded to the point where she was admitted to a nursing home. And it was many years on a daily basis I made a trip to the nursing home. That is a stressful thing. Just the fact that it's a daily thing and it's a chronic type intrusion into your day. And I don't mean I don't love my mother. I loved her dearly. It was just the feeling like that is what my life is and I have to do that. That verse so helped me. I would get stressful. I would get Feeling like my life is has no control. Uh, you know, some of you know exactly what I'm talking about, and I'm trying not to define it too specifically here. But I, when I would get there, the Lord had taught me that verse, and He said, "I will keep thee in perfect peace if you keep your mind on Me. Keep your mind on Me." I would look in the mirror and I'd say, why are you disgruntled? The same way David, when he looked in the Psalms and he would talk to himself, I'd talk to myself in the mirror. Why are you so downhearted? Why are you like this? And in Jesus' name, that verse would come up on the inside of me and I'd say, because my mind is not stayed on God, but I can fix that. And I'd go into my office and sit down with my Bible, open my Bible, and in 10 minutes, I was fine. It's a matter of focus. We've talked about unfulfilled dreams, an uncertain future. We talked about crisis. We just don't want to bear the weight of the heaviness of either panic or of stress. So we learn to lean. Just put your head against the wall and lean and let it fall off your shoulders. The scripture makes much out of difficulties that we have in the earth. They use the words suffering, affliction, adversity, hardship, tribulation, If you look up the definition of suffering, it's defined by one of the other words. They are words that are in the earth. We can't get away from it. Our parents, our grandparents, our great-grandparents, our forebears, they all had to deal with suffering, affliction, adversity, hardship, and tribulation. And unless Jesus comes, there's going to be some here for our kids and our grandchildren It is the way of the world. We need to learn how to deal with it. Well, 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 10. Paul had a wonderful outlook on life. And his outlook, he said, we have a treasure in earthen vessels. This is the vessel he was talking about, this clay vessel. There's something special about what's in us. He said, we have a treasure in earthen vessels that the surpassing greatness of the power of what's in this vessel, the surpassing greatness of the power may be of God and not from ourselves. You see, we are afflicted in every way. But, But, did you hear that little three-letter word? But, we're not crushed. We're afflicted, but we're not crushed. Because of the greatness of the power that's within us. He says, we're perplexed. Do you ever sit there and ask questions of the Lord? I don't understand. This has me confused. I'm perplexed. I'm questioning. I'm perplexed. But Paul said, I'm not in despair because of the greatness of the power that is within us in this earthen vessel. He says we're persecuted, but we're not forsaken. It's a good place to say praise the Lord. Not forsaken. Why? Because there's power within that earthen vessel. And we are struck down but not destroyed. Not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body, the dying of Jesus, what he purchased for us with his death, burial, and resurrection. Always carrying that around in my body, in my spirit man, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in my body. I tell you, life is full of hard times. We're going to have a few testimonies today. And we're going to talk a little bit at the end about this verse. Paul was writing in Thessalonica the Thessalonians and he said, We sent Timothy to strengthen and encourage your faith. These are members of our fellowship. When I asked the Lord, what do I do? How do you you present this? I had the basic information. But you know, sometimes it's not always one person's responsibility to have all the ideas. Well, the Lord gave me some people, gave me the names, told me what scripture verses to give them, and they're gonna share with you the scripture verse and a testimony for a purpose. And the purpose is like unto what Paul said to the the Thessalonians. He said, the purpose was to strengthen and encourage your faith. We'll tie that all together afterwards. I'm going to ask Rick Stevick to come on up. You take the first one. Brad, would you follow? Deb, third And, Joy, you come up the rear, okay? Listen carefully. I'd like you to do one specific thing. Would you give the address of the scripture verse and read it at least twice, okay? And if you don't know this scripture verse, if you don't have this in your mind, put it, it, jot it down. And the way you learned the first two verses, it didn't take you very long to learn those. Get yourself an arsenal of how to how to approach and how to deal with stress. Okay? These scriptures are for you if you want them.
2: Now you know Cheryl had to trust in the Lord with all of her heart and lean not on her own understanding when she If you would, set the clock for like 45 minutes. (laughs) Guys. No, seriously. I do joke around. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Remember that, but I am serious about this. And instantly, when she called me on Saturday, stress. (laughs) But I started meditating on the scriptures and I didn't know I even had the right one at first it was conveyed to me but it was the correct scripture uh, it's John sixteen thirty three. it's on page 1461 in my bible <clears throat> Jesus is speaking these things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace in the world you will have tribulation but be of good cheer I have overcome the world. Now breaking that down a little, these things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. It's not guaranteed unless you're in him and we receive it. We may have peace, but you and I all know that there are times when we have to make a choice and sometimes we don't make the right choice and we're not in peace. It says in the world... You will have tribulation. Now, my Bible said it had an asterisk by will, and it said will wasn't there, so you're going to have tribulation. We are. We do on a daily basis sometimes. So I went back into uh, John 16, because he said, these things I've spoken to you, well, what things? In John 15, 14, 15, and 16, it says, these things I've spoken to you probably a half a dozen times. And he's telling them, A lot about the Holy Spirit and the comforter that he's going to give us when he goes away. And the disciples didn't understand it completely at first, but then they did. And so I started thinking, the first thing that popped in my mind was something that happened to me a number of years ago when I was barrel chested instead of barrel waisted. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought I was, i I lifted weights, I was a big guy. And, uh, but I was a Christian and I tried to be gentle and loving and kind, but Satan can push a button on you. Well, I had prayed all the way to work one morning. I drove over an hour to work every day and I'd either have my cassette player playing Proverbs and all the time, or I'd be praying. I'd pray in the spirit. I'd I'd sing. I'd pray in English. I'd cry. And this particular morning, I, it was wonderful, wonderful, and I was, I was praying, and I, I just asked God to make me an instrument of mercy, and I meant it, I meant it with all my heart, and I got to work, and I was a, I was a carpenter, I had a company, and we built we built custom cabinets, did all the millwork, all the trim work in new custom homes and It was a beautiful day, sunshiny, so I set my table saw, which is a big saw takes up a lot of space with tables around it, and the plywood and all the stuff I needed an air compressor in the middle of a three car driveway there was I set up here like this stage was all my stuff there 's a garage door here, a garage door behind me, and a garage door over there. Well, the material company backs up the driveway, stops right in front of me, and yet the guy gets out and says you 're going to need to move all your stuff." <laughs> and I said, "Yeah, all right." I said, why? He goes, I want to put this stuff right there. And I said, well, you've got a garage door over here, and you've got one over there. And he goes, you need to move your stuff. And I stepped out around the table saw, and we're nose to nose. And I said, I'm not moving my stuff. And adrenaline was pumping. And we're, I mean, we're right at each other. And all of a sudden, that still small voice. <laughs> and I'm so glad. Because who knows what could have happened, what Satan had planned. But I heard inside of me, it wasn't audible, I heard inside of me, remember what you prayed. And it was like, oh. And the adrenaline was going. And I I told him, get over here. I was getting him away because I had my crew was standing there, and he had helper with him. And I called him to the side because I wanted to talk to him personally. And I called him over here, and I said, I want to apologize to you that he did not expect that at all. I said, I'm a Christian, and that's not how Christ would act. And I apologize. I'll move my stuff out of your way. And I was about like right now. I was about to cry because I knew it was God. And he broke down and fell down and started weeping. And he said, no, man, it's not you. He goes, it's me. I have a bad attitude. I lost my home. I lost my car. I'm living at the YMCA in Houston, and it's me. It's not you. And I started telling him about Jesus. And I led him through the sinner's prayer right then and there. And... But it was a choice, I believe. And I believe it was a setup. God had it set up for good. He knew what he was going to do. But there was a choice made. And I could have hurt him. He could have killed me. Who knows? In those kinds of situations, you don't know. But I know that God honored my prayer. And so I was having tribulation. Oh, yeah, I was. But these things he's spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. Peace. In the world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And we both left. Well, he left the job site that day, and he he had a bounce in his step. And I got to spend the whole day rejoicing, too, because I knew I did what God wanted me to do. And he he honored his word. I mean, it was tremendous, tremendous. He overcame the world.
1: I have written in my Bible. God has overcome teenagers. Does that tell you anything about what life was like at my house during a few years there? She had the same thing. <laughs> <I> haven't really. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, this is Brad Thornquist. And if you will, at least twice through the verse so they know where it is, okay?
3: That I will. I trust in the Lord with all my heart and I cannot depend on my own understanding. As I came here tonight after receiving an email Absolutely. on Friday, thank you, as I received an email on Friday, just as Rick had said, asking me about a certain verse, I immediately get out on my computer and start typing away and make my digital file ready to go. Had it all ready tonight, showed up, sat down, and my, lap, and my tablet went dead. And I said, I remember what it is. I'll sit down and I'll write it all out. My pen went dry. (laughs) So now I trust in him with all my heart. And I do not, I cannot depend on my own understanding. So the verse that I am here to share with you is Psalms chapter 34, verse 17. From the NIV, it reads, The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all of their troubles. A little background on chapter 34. Chapter 34 is from David. And David is finding peace from his fears in prayer. At the beginning of the chapter, he's trusting, he's, he's getting everybody and trying to get people to trust in the Lord. The first half of the chapter is exhorting everybody to trust in the Lord and working to try to get them to fear the Lord. About verse 15, the the chapter changes over from this to the blessings of righteousness. So shortly after uh, thinking about this particular verse, my mind turned to 2 Corinthians 5.21 as, I, as my daughter came up to me and said, Daddy, what's righteous? I said, okay, for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. I said, we are the righteousness of God. And she said, she said okay, then let me read it. And she went on to read through it, and I, and I looked at her, and, and I said, I need, I need some time now to get ready to do this. And she said, she said, okay, but what does this mean? And a couple seconds later, come on, I need a few minutes, and she asked again. And I said, okay, now for the third time, I need a few minutes. She's eight years old, okay? So I turned around, and I went back to chapter 34. And those of you that have it open, if you go to 34 verse 4, what 34 verse 4 reads is We call out, he hears us, and he delivers us. That was once. Two verses later, in 34 6, it says, We cry out, he hears us. And he delivers us. I don't have my Bible. I hope I'm getting them right. <laughs> okay. And so then, okay, where where's this righteous thing fit in? I kept reading, and I believe it was verse 15. In that same chapter, he sees the righteous and hears them. He, he sees and hears the righteous and he hears and he listens. And then we get to verse 17, which I'm here to share with you. The righteous cry out, the Lord hears, and he delivers them from all of their troubles. That's four times. So I was sitting there with my daughter saying, why don't you understand after three times? And I turned and I looked at the chapter I was looking at, and it said it four times. And I thought to myself, whew, sometimes he teaches us in, in mysterious ways, and other times they feel like a two-by-four, as my wife would say. Uh, the next part that I focused in on for this verse was the word troubles. What kind of troubles is it that is being spoken of here? For recently in a Bible study, I was taught that we are to speak to our own mountains, And tell them to get into the sea. Yet in this verse, it's saying God is going to deal with our troubles. What troubles are they? Well, what I got out of it and what I took away from it, the troubles he's talking about is troubles within yourself, your inward troubles. Troubles such as stress. Troubles such as dealing with temptations dealing with solicitations of sin, when darts are flying your way, he's he's there to help you with those type troubles. So in the end, I, I come back to, we are the righteousness, and when we cry out, he not only hears us, he sees us, And he is faithful, and he will always deliver us from all of our troubles, all of them. I don't think I took five minutes. I hope that is okay.
1: Hi, everyone. Feel free to take an extra minute if you need it.
4: Okay, I think I might, so I'll take it. Um, my scripture was uh, is isaiah forty three two, and I'm reading it out of the new living translation. Uh, it reads, When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. And when you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not be you will not drown. And when you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned. The flames will not consume you' But I couldn't just leave it with that because I had to back up to verse number one and it really lays a foundation that helps you to understand why the Lord is saying what he's saying or for me, it helped me believe that what he's saying was true for me. he says, "But now, O Jacob, and I think you can put in there but now, O church or now O body of Christ, or you can even make it personal and put your own name and I I like to say, but now, Debbie, listen to the war, to the Lord who created you. Oh, Debbie, the one who formed you says, Do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name, and you are mine. And I know that when the Lord owns something, he's a good steward over that. He watches over it. He keeps it. He protects it. He provides for it. He doesn't let harm come near it. And we belong to him. So that when I read verse 2 again, having read verse 1, when I go through deep waters, he will be with me. When I go through the rivers of difficulty, he will not let me drown. When I walk through the fire of oppression, he, I will not be burned up. The flames will not consume me. And then the Lord ends that segment by saying, For I am the Lord your God the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Amen. So when I think about the test, testimony that, that relates to the scripture for my life, I thought about it, and um, I couldn't settle on just one. So there are three events that I'm going to briefly go over that, uh, that had waters of difficulty that ran extremely deep in my life, and there were fires of oppression that were fiercely hot. The first one was when I was 13. My dad was tragically killed, and my mom was left with five kids to raise by herself, and two of those were a set of twins that were just barely a year old. My mom didn't have a job, and we had, just prior to my dad's death, had sold a house and really didn't make much money on that house and didn't know where we were going. So in my 13-year-old heart, I took on... um, a huge burden of worry and fear about what would happen to us. The second was when I was married later on, and I had been married 14 years, and I had two young children, and my husband, a police officer, committed suicide one day. And I was left with two kids, and the rug jerked out from underneath my feet, and within a couple of weeks of his death, I was diagnosed with... um, Uh, an incurable autoimmune disease. Uh, Again, not knowing the certainty of the future or what what was to happen being left alone with two kids to raise um, found me in 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 an awkward, to say the least, position there. And then the third was when um, our grandson Jonah was being born. Um, My daughter was in labor, I was in the room with her, and something went wrong and uh he he got stuck jonah got stuck in the birth canal and rather than the doctor making the decision to take her in to have emergency c-section he tried to continue to deliver jonah regularly normally and uh, he resorted to suction and he would place the suction on his head and try to with suction force pull him out and it kept popping off and he would increase the the suction, and it kept popping off, and and he continued to do it so much so that he actually popped off a portion of his scalp, just came right off. He finally worked with him, and he got him out, and for eight minutes after he was delivered, he was unresponsive and was not breathing, and they worked with him and worked with him. In each of these cases, God proved himself faithful to his promises in Isaiah 43-2, and he proved his word was true. And with all the events that's ever happened in my life, and these are just three examples, but they stick up at the top of the list. God proved himself faithful to these promises and um, that, his, that his word would be true, and, but these were the darkest events that I had ever experienced it when when my dad died that fear of uncertainty was was just overwhelming to the point it just takes your breath away and being a child at 13 it, 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 why I took on that burden, why it hit me the way it did it, it did and it just it just the anxiety almost took my ability it choked me it, it took the ability to even breathe away. And when I was uh, found uh, widowed with two young children, not only did I feel like I was knocked down, but when I got diagnosed with autoimmune disease a few weeks later, I felt like I was being kicked while I was down. And with Jonah being in that room, watching all those circumstances just coming at, at, at just an amazing force and speed, at you, it, it was like the enemy was coming in with a, a, just a tumultuous flood. And that feeling uh, was that of being helplessly tossed around like a like a flimsy rag doll, but the Lord made Himself pres- His presence known in the midst of all of those circumstances, each one of them, and He truly is, as Jesus says, a very present help in a time of need. When my dad died, I was a young girl, and he, the, I didn't know a lot about Scripture, but the Lord came to me in a dream one night, and he spoke to me words of comfort, and he, he assured me that everything was going to be all right, and he told me not to worry, and that dream, I knew without a doubt that it was the Lord, and I knew without a doubt that he loved me, that he would take the time to come off his throne and come into my world and to speak those words of comfort to a 13-year-old little girl. I knew he loved me, and it changed me, and it took that burden away from me. And and when, when, uh, when the uh, being widowed and and um, uh, and, and knocked down uh, with with sickness on top of that. The holy I can remember being in the hospital room and um, the Holy Spirit come to me and he and he would speak to me I heard his voice and he would um, he would speak words to me to, to coach me and to sh- teach me to resist what was happening and to not succumb to those circumstances and to not bow down to disease and to not let it overcome me and he would give me scripture to stand on and it strengthened me that I was not crumbled underneath those circumstances circumstances. And when I was in the delivery room with Jonah, the Holy Spirit brought not just scripture, but combating scripture. And he brought uh, uh, just a a, a, a righteous uh, anger upon us that we wouldn't bow down to that when those circumstances are coming at you so fast and furious. Your first inclination, or at least mine was, was to cower down and to bend down. It just seems so overwhelming. It's more than you can just take in. But the Holy Spirit was there to give, you those, give us those scriptures and to tell us whatsoever we, 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 we ask the Father when we pray, if we believe, we receive, we're going to have it. And, and at the same time, Doug was in the, in the chapel of the hospital and he was praying at the same time and, and the Holy Spirit was giving him scripture. And those scriptures made a difference and speaking them in authority over that situation made a difference. Um, losing my dad... Made some tough spots in my life, but you know what? It didn't consume me, and it didn't affect me where where it it, it it I wasn't broken by it. I wasn't consumed by it. And being widowed and 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 stuck with in a situation with disease, um, it was challenging. But it's never broken me. I've never been broken by it. And I'm so happy to, to testify and, and report to you that our, son, our grandson Jonah, he's eight years old now. And he is whole, he's healthy, and he has an incredibly brilliant mind. I give all the glory to God for his amazing love, and for his faithful promises. Because I was a mess through every one of those circumstances. And if I would have been left to my own, I wouldn't have fared well, not at all. The only smidgen of credit that I could even give myself is that I had enough sense to call on the name of Jesus. (laughs) And he answered, and he was there. And in closing, I would say this, if you ever find yourself, maybe you are right now, in the midst of deep water, or maybe you're in a river of difficulty, or maybe there's a fire of oppression that's hanging over your life, I would recommend to you that you pull back away from your circumstances. Pull back away from it in your spirit and in your mind and in your heart. And you press deeply into Jesus. You press deeply into his word. You snuggle up to him. You get alone with him. And I know what you you think at times. You say, well, I've got so much. There's just so much on my mind. It's just hard to settle down and hard to get in the word and hard to to pray. There's just so many things happening. You have to. This is a matter of whether you're going to come through this or whether you're not, and your answer is with him. And your answer is to stand against the circumstances of your life and to stand with God in those situations. And you will hear his voice, and you will receive direction from the Holy Spirit, and you will be comforted in this present presence, and you will be encouraged by his supernatural hope, and you will be sustained by that peace that passes all understanding, and he'll be with you through it all, and you'll come through it, and not just through it, you'll be better than you were before. Amen. This is a 2015
1: 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 10, when Paul said, I'm afflicted in every way, but not crushed. I'm perplexed but not despairing. I'm persecuted but not forsaken. And I'm struck down but I'm not destroyed. Did you hear that? Amen. It's present tense. It's a yeah. reality for today. Yeah. Go ahead, Joy. We, I'm glad
5: you brought that verse again because when um, whoever it was, Rich was reading that, that despair that stood out there. When I went to go to the scripture that uh, Cheryl asked me to look at, the term that came up to me is a term that you hear, and there's a Christian song that has it in, but you hear it all over the world, times of desperation. That's where we live, times of desperation. And I looked up that word desperation, and it says desperation is hopelessness and distress that leads to rash or extreme behavior. In the world, these are times of desperation. But to the believer who leans on and puts his trust in the Lord, it is never a time of hopelessness that leads to rash or extreme behavior. Um, The verse that Cheryl gave me was out of the Amplified in Hebrews, the 13th chapter, the 5th verse. And I asked her to let me add the 6th verse to that. Uh, Hebrews thirteen, five and six Let your character or moral disposition be free from love of money, greed, avarice, lust, craving for earthly possessions, and be satisfied with your present circumstances with what you have. for He, God himself, has said, "I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up." nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake, nor let you down. I will not relax my hold on you, assuredly not. So, we take comfort and we're encouraged and we confidently and boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be seized with alarm. I will not fear or dread or be terrified. What can man do to me? Praise God. That would stand by itself right there. Praise God. That verse is one of my favorites. I have a bunch of them, but that's one of my favorites because God is faithful. And that verse five is really kind of like a juxtaposition. You see, two things going on there. The first part of the verse has to do with um, your care with being somebody who's after money. The second part says, "Be satisfied." We can be satisfied because God is with us. He will take care of us, and He will supply our needs. I thought about the times through my life that God has met me when I was in those positions that looked like despair. And, but he was there for me. I wanted to tell you the testimony about when my 11-year-old son had staph infection in his hip joint, how God brought him out of that, but the Lord said no. I wanted to tell you about when my teenage brother uh, died as a result of a motorcycle accident, how God was with that, but the Lord said no. I wanted to tell you about when we were in business and, and things were tight, how God miraculously threw open the door and the answer came in and he did things like that for us and the Lord said no. He told me to tell you a testimony that I've never told anyone before. There's one person in this room that knows about what we went through because it's something I'm not proud of and I don't like to talk about. And my Family does not like me to talk about. But you know, in life, sometimes you find yourself in bad situations and it's never God's fault. Sometimes it's your fault. Sometimes it's your family's fault. Sometimes it's just the community or the the situation that you're in. But whatever the reason that you find yourself in that situation, God says, I'm still your God. I'm still your father. I still love you. I still look at you in the righteousness of Christ and not in your own, you know, righteousness. So anyway, we ended up in chapter 13. I hated it. I was embarrassed by it. I felt badly about it. But you know, we went to God, and God led us every step of the way. He gave us a lawyer, and he seemed like a nice older man, probably my age now. <laughs> but he seemed older. And, um, and he, was, he led us through it, and we were to make out this... Um, what do you call it, like a budget, you know, what you could live on, blah, blah, blah. You know, you, we will give this, give this, we'll take care of this. And we were careful to put, to put our tithe in there. You know, we weren't going to do without giving our tithe. And the lawyer warned us. He said, now, when you go to court, they're going to try to get you to commit to more money than what you have down there. But they also sent us to a, a training course kind of a thing. And God was there. I looked around that room and I just began to pray for all those people. I mean, there were more people in that room than right here. I thought, all these people are going through this too. And some of them don't have Jesus to lean on. And I felt for them. But I listened to what they said. And there was a piece of information. You know, God, when he moves, it's just sort of like silk. It's just just all of a sudden it's like silk. Uh, there was a piece of information that was given there that dropped in my mind and stuck. So we were talking to the lawyer and I brought up this piece of information. He said, well, you could, you could talk to the judge about that. So we went in and we prayed, Lord, you give us favor, you give us favor, blah, 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 you give us favor. So we went in and the day, it was a stressful situation being in that position. And all of a sudden, the lawyer that seemed so competent and everything, all of a sudden, he seemed so wimpy. <laughs> he was sitting there as though he were intimidated by the whole situation and really had no support to offer. He just sat there. But the judge was going over everything, and he kept his head down. He didn't look up, you know, and the, the their lawyer was looking over everything. And then finally, it came to a spot. And I said, uh, uh, your honor, may I say something? He said, yes, you may. And so I stood up, and I'm not going to go into all the detail of what, what was said, but I, I told him our heart. I didn't get emotional. I didn't get upset. I didn't beg. I told him our heart, our heart to do what was right, our heart to do what we could. But I also gave him that piece of information they gave in that training. I said, you know, they said in the training, blah, 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 blah. And this is what we, our heart to do is what they said, da, 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 da. And this is what we feel we can do. And this is where we're at in our lives. And this is what we, and you know, the favor of God just filled that place. And he said, well, I can see what you're saying, and I fully agree with that, and we will let that stand. And praise God, no matter where you are, no matter what puts you there, no matter if it's your fault, his fault, their fault, nobody's fault, God loves you, and he will do what it says in this verse, he will not leave you helpless, (laughs) he will not forsake you, he will not relax his hold on you, he's there, he's for you, and that's how it is, and Add one verse, Cheryl. Go to it. Isaiah thirty twenty-one. This is what happened to me. And thine ear shall hear a word behind thee <laughs> saying, This is the way. Walk ye in it. And you turn to the right, and when you turn to the left, he'll show you what to do. Praise God.
1: Amen. Just lay it down there. Did you enjoy those testimonies? I tell you, there's so much in other believers. Now let's go to 1 Thessalonians 3, 2 and 3. This is the scripture that I referenced just before they gave those testimonies. He said, we sent Timothy to you, to Thessalonica, the church, to strengthen and encourage you as to your faith, so that no man may be disturbed by these afflictions. For you yourselves know that we have been destined for this. He said, the purpose of Timothy being sent to them, the purpose of these testimonies coming to you tonight, the purpose of you when you see a friend across the room and you know they're having some stress on their face, The purpose that you should be fulfilling is not attack the back end of it. Buck up, you can handle it. No. It is not suck it up, that's the way of the world. That's not it either. Others have made it, you can make it too. Where believers that have the God of the universe that lives on the inside of us, we have better news than that. And our testimony is vibrant. Our testimony has value. But the testimony needs to be backed up with scripture. Your word is good, but the word of God is even better because it's a promise that they can hold on to for them. He said, we sent Timothy to you to strengthen you in your faith. That's exactly what they need. They need God's word, God's promise, so that they can hold on and their faith will be strong until they have resolved that whatever issue it is. I was reading references and a paraphrase for this. This is what it says. I sent Timothy to put a ramrod down your back so that you would not slump and shuffle around as though you were being mistreated but you would stand tall during hard times. You'd stand erect like a steer in a blizzard. Have you ever seen a steer in a blizzard? Their ears are flapping and and they're just, they're not moving, they're not gonna let go. They've got their jaw grit, their feet are dug in and they're not going anywhere. You'll stand like a steer erect in a blizzard you refuse to bend against the odds. I assent, Timothy, to you to add strength to your faith. That is one of the things that we're called to do in a fellowship. You experienced it tonight. You felt it. Some of you, you heard the testimony. You said, oh, my, oh, my, you know. But on the opposite end of that is, oh, God. You came through for them. You helped them. And that's what a person that's in crisis or a person that's in a stressful situation needs. They need to hear the words of God. He said, Paul said, we sent Timothy to strengthen and encourage you in your faith. Encourage means to stand alongside another and put courage into them. Pour it into them. There is such value in the human touch. Come here, hon. Come here. (laughs) Assume this is not my husband. Okay? There are things that I can do with anybody in this congregation, just practical things. I can reach out and grab a hand. And do you know that's a connection that's very strong? If I know somebody a little bit better than that, I might even be able to just grab their arm and say, just hold on to their arm. There are some that will invite you to give them a hug. Some will hold you at a distance and it's all right. They have to to become more comfortable with that. Now, this is so easy and so natural But it is so comforting just to know there's a connection. There's a human being on the other end that can see where I'm coming from and that I'm hurting and that they care, and we're connected. And it's even better when you give them a scripture verse and encourage them in the Lord. Can you see where I'm going with this? Thank you, dear. No, it did not hurt. He says, We sent Timothy to you to strengthen and encourage you as to your faith so that no man may be disturbed by these afflictions. They're not pleasant. I don't like the way things are going in my life. But he says no man would be disturbed by them. How come? How come? For you yourselves know that you have been destined for this. I looked up the word destined, like this is where every person is headed, and that's not what it means at all. You were designed for this. You were designed to deal with affliction. God himself has given you his words. And what did it say, Joy? What did he say? I will never... never forsake you i didn't copy that one down on my okay. notes
5: i will not leave you without support i will not will not will not in any degree leave you helpless forsake you let you down relax my hold on you assuredly not
1: you know what i hear i will not but i told you i will not but i will not do you ever have a conversation like that with a child the butts get in the way. God Himself has obligated Himself to take, to fulfill His word. Amen. If you can find it, you can put your hand on it with confidence. You can absolutely count on it. It's going to happen. That's who He is. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the testimony of those. That walk among you. Now, we have barely touched the surface. If we just left this open and we went till 8 o'clock, 10 o'clock tonight, we're not gonna do that, relax. But if we did, you would hear testimonies of how you have interacted with God, how you have had stressful situations. It's not just these four. I'm five, you're six. You're seven. You're eight. I mean, this is who we are. It's important that we understand the testimony that we have is one of the most powerful things that helps people that are in difficult situations. It becomes even more powerful when it is connected with the Scripture because that is what... you. You grab on to, God said that, God said that, that he's already overcome the world. I will have tribulation, but He's I'm to sit in peace. Did you get those scriptures now? You got them copied down? Decide to add a third scripture. And make a purpose this week to put that into your brain and, and get a third scripture ready. We're not finished, but we're done for tonight. I pray in Jesus' name that the good things that God has done in you, he will loose your tongue to share. That it will be natural and easy, and it will be an opening to... The presence of the Lord, it will be an opening to sharing the gospel. It will be an opening to the desire in your own heart to share. I bless you, Lord. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Pastor? Amen.
0: in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you Lord. We receive it in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. If you need an envelope uh, those of you who are going to share your tithes your offerings uh, Doug and some of, one of the guys are some of the guys will wait on you and help you and um, then our prayer partners are going to be coming. They're going to be in the front and Mary where oh there's Mary. Okay. Mary's got her team ready. And uh, she'll be sharing uh, or bringing them up. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's do it this way. Uh, Whenever the uh, prayer leaders are are ready, they can come forward. And the rest, uh, the baskets are up front. You can just uh, uh, bring your offering to the Lord. Amen. Bless you so much. All right. We'll see you.